Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to RPG from Scratch, design episode number 56. I am your host, Josh LaForge, and with me today is Liam. Hello, squid people. And Doug. Hello. Max couldn't make it tonight. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yes. So we've got a bunch of small stuff to go over today and some conceptual stuff that I think will be interesting. So a real quick thing, as I'm going through the races and adding them to this document that will become the wiki, one of the things I want to update is Ashwin's vampirism. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's uh, whenever your attack reduces an enemy to zero hit points, you are healed by five. Uh Um, And then we... Well, we had it scaling at five plus your level, but I think that's maybe too high to start. Or maybe three plus your level? What do you guys think? Sounds fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only the only thing is that some the one time I played the Eshwin, because I'm about to play an Eshwin again, but the one time yeah. I did play the Eshwin and I was looking forward to using that power, it didn't come up as often as I thought it would. You got to get the killing blow. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and many times I was, because uh, I was, if I remember correctly, I was like uh, playing a roguelike character. So I would be up in their business and then a ranged attack would just put them down. That's true. So I would kind of, I would never be mad like, you stole my kill, but because, you know, it really doesn't really matter because we're all on the same side. Mm-hmm. But that only came up maybe once or twice in in the several games that like we played two or three games huh now you make it that's a really that's a new point and i think that's it's a, very interesting yeah. and 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 it did add pressure when one person would try to escape it'd be like give him to me it would be like you know, <laughs> yeah that's a thing where but it's that's like fun sure 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 um what this this is a different kind of pressure mm. What if it was any enemy adjacent to you is reduced, uh, and you like suck it out of their air, suck it out of the air of them like uh, that, Legacy of Cain? You know that might be realistic because if it's you're not realistic, hold on. If you're vampiric <laughs> and someone dies right there, you go ooh, and you just quickly grab them. That is is better, I suppose. But the hitting with to- a ranged attack. Well, the whole thing is then Ashwin get a one of their racial features just doesn't work. No, no, I'm saying, attacks, no, no, but no. also that's not terrible because like run up in their face when also, they're about to die. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get fa- him, hit him right, right, right next to him. <laughs> yeah, fa- yeah, yeah. Phalanx no, isn't you, necessarily that useful for a caster either. But if you, yeah, if you're Eshwin and if it's if you lower the amount that you're healed by, and it's like if it's any, let's just I'm just throwing it out there. If it's any enemy that's immediately adjacent to you, any enemy immediately adjacent to you goes down, you get two to three. Uh, points of health back right that could be something because it's so small but that will happen more often what if it's not a triggered ability but one that you have to activate so for instance as a free action if an enemy was reduced to zero hit points this turn Mm. if an adjacent enemy was reduced to zero hit points this turn as a free action you may regain hit points sure once per round so that way you can't you you can't make an explosion which i also that's a good call. Right, but also you can run by somebody and get it. Whoop. Yeah, the, and the idea being that if there's five people around you and the wizard casts some kind of weird vortex spell and it take out, takes out three of them, you don't suddenly stack up all three in one right. go. 
you'd have to be like, okay, I'm picking you. That'd be you. fucking dope, though. That would be dope, but that, I, but, but you know. I w- and also, I, I would like the physical description of it. To that's not... a that's a death ability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't want the physical description of it to be that you bite them. Yo, no, like an Ashwin zealot. Like, like... I like just like the idea that it is a thing that Ashwin do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think limiting limiting it to a free action um, once per round. Once per round, I think that and you say we'll say we'll say three for now and that makes it yeah. you know so so we could say um the three plus your level yeah sure okay so so we could word it such as it's a free action and once per round you may gain hit points if you are adjacent to an enemy who was reduced to zero hit points this round yeah mm-hmm. and no other eshwin should be able to do that or it's not that big of a deal what, what I got a little bit, then Steve got a little bit. I, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Okay. I don't think I don't four people could could I, gain yeah. if, four if hit points from team, a single if you're a team of Eshwin and you're fighting back to back, you know uh, what I'm saying? Everybody gets a little boost. Everyone maybe, everyone gets a little drink. But, but why but if every uh, maybe you could do like, that. Oh, Jake tasted great. Or everybody could, get a, everybody get a whiff of that? But the idea we're think, thinking of vampiric things. If an enemy is close to death, there could be a, a move instead of like, oh, I kill them and then I get a little sip. You. What if what if the death move is the big sip and you yeah. get like extra you know instead of getting like three health you get like five or higher and they die yeah well, I think it kills does them. damage well yeah. I think the life tap archetype is being well established in, in death. death yeah, yeah. yeah. Death. and the drain once per round as a free action you may touch an adjacent enemy with any part of your body. We can drink and health through their dicks <laughs> through their butt yeah <laughs> just sit on through, them. Through them yeah. <laughs> You may make contact with an adjacent enemy who was, re- or say that was, because they might not be sentient, reduced to zero hit points this round. If you do, you heal. Yeah, or recover, recover three HP or whatever. Well, I, I don't want to mandate it in the in the explanation. Sure. I like that. I like that a lot for, for Eshwin. I feel like that's flexible. Mm-hmm. It, it works for ranged and melee. The Print last... It. The last version did, it but, worked, but it was too hit or miss, right? Yeah. Literally, Literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love it because if you're like really low on health, you're not going to run in, you know. Oh yeah, you're because you can be. You're, you got to pick a better move. Yeah, and you can be a ranged Eshwin and yeah. never and like you know only use that ability sometimes, It'd or be, never. Because guess what? That means shit is going fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting though is that let's say there's a melee guy who who doesn't want to double back even though they can make it as part of their move because they won't get like the positioning perfectly correct mm. and the healer's like you know I can't you should be managing some of this yourself if you can <laughs> like <laughs> like I only have so many actions or couldn't you you know if you're ranged you kill a guy and you watch him drop you can be like I want to run past him <laughs> you yeah know, like yeah. Run past, <laughs> and then just keep going you know? <laughs> I got my straw already. <laughs> like the tick in the first episode. <laughs> what about light levels? So we've talked about it in terms of how hard it is to to be detected uh-huh. or detect things. What about dark vision is such a trope, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like the moment the lights go out, every player with dark vision inhales. <laughs> <laughs> what are the light levels? Let's talk about. Like daylight's got to be the, the best the, one, right? the, Yeah, the ones we know for sure are daylight and literally pitch black, no light, deepest cave, absolutely nothing. Right. So okay. we have between those. Daylight and pitch black. Yeah. Now let's say we've got... Um, Sunshine and pitch black, great movies. Both sci-fi movies too. Yeah. yeah. What's below daylight but still fine? Um, 
something with like long shadows, like an afternoon, maybe like there's where you can hide easy, like in the in, like in, tre- in trees and shit. But you wouldn't, you magic wouldn't hour? say dusk. Not or magic. Magic hour. magic hour would be no shadows, dark, Let's dim, see. but no shadows. It's like twilightish, low sun hanging low in the sky. I don't want to just say afternoon, but like or even evening, but something. It's got to be another name for that. But also think artificial. You can think artificial as well. Sure. I mean, I think that, but artificial light shows up when the sun goes down. But I'm saying that that would still be the same light qualifier. Shadowed? Shadowed. Well, I think I think when we get there, we're getting too dim, right? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So ambient, well, I like. I, I kind of like ambient, but even dim has ambient light, right? So does so does daylight lit? Lit is good. Well lit? Lit. Okay. A well lit room is still not as bright as no. outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's say uh, daylight, well lit, dim. And pitch black? Yeah. We're cool with that? I think it's, at the very least, that's a great starting point. Okay. Daylight, well-lit, dim, pitch black. We'll say in, in daylight, you are you can see for infinity, but details are different. <laughs> are difficult sure, yeah. at the distance, right? Sure, sure. In a well-lit area, you could see for 60 feet before you start needing to make checks. You could see as far away as it is well-lit. Yeah. Like, if, you're, if it's well-lit, you're, you're in a room. <laughs> or it's outside and, 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 it's, a little, and it's getting dark. Yeah, it's late evening. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Dim is... It's getting dark. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. What's what's before? Actually, dim dim is like moonlit, like so full the, moon. Uh, or, no, no. We'll take... say we'll say dim, dark. Yes. Yeah. And then pitch black. You have to ask: Is there more light than dark, or more dark than light? Like right. when we cross that fifty percent. Dim is the fifty percent. Right. Yeah. Dim when it's like mm, yeah. Okay. So dim dim can be outside or inside depending yeah. on time of day. Daylight, infinite range, well lit. I think seeing anything further than sixty feet in a well lit. Areas. With with clarity, unless you're on yeah. a tower, you know, or like you're on a on a, on a you know. let's say 200 feet. Yeah. yeah, dim 60 feet. Mm-hmm. I think 30. Wait, let's think about this. Dim, because you're not going to see detail. How far, how far away is the end of your driveway? 300 feet. That is a lot. Is way longer than I thought. 60 is probably fine then. But at 300 feet, there's going to be some kind of obstruction at some point. I mean, maybe we'll say 300. Because like a well-lit area, like you go to the top of a mountain in broad daylight and look out across the plains, yeah. you know, it's right. different than like, hey, if you go up to the top of the supermarket. Right, yeah. right, right. If an infinite supermarket, just at some point, it's just going to get hazy faster than yeah. um, dim, 60 feet, dark, 10 feet. Yeah. Pitch black, yeah. zero. That's when your Savathian is like, my time to shine. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yep. Plus one momentum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shine on you crazy diamonds <laughs> i can't i already did it when it was dark i'm sorry <laughs> like we, we went too far okay i like that now how this this is for all characters we have no racial or class abilities that allow people to see in the dark outside mm-hmm. of providing their own light mm-hmm. yeah whether through a torch or bioluminescence i think i'm okay with that yeah. i don't know how you guys feel about yeah. it the only I, i've been way more okay with general day-to-day moving around features mm-hmm. being pretty universal like that i'm not sure that that should be the racial difference mm-hmm. well because eshwin have echolocate they can yeah. do at will as a move action yeah and so they can navigate in the dark but they can't see no i think the only one would be the savathian because if you're from under the ocean shit gets dark you, real you quick. literally are a light bulb yeah. if you're a savathian true but if you're you know you can't, but we've already said that you can't be on all the time yeah i think there's but there's there's like two arguments right like there's how many fish are bioluminescent right like not very many and how many of them live in like the the abyssal depths even way the, fewer yeah. sure but the abyssal depths to a savathian is the grand canyon to us 
you know? Like, no. No. No, no, the missile depths to a Savathian the is like version. inside of fantasy. a volcano. I know, but fan- I'm just saying this. The idea, the idea of like, if a Savathian leaves a Savathian city under the ocean, and and we just step outside of the city bounds, you know, it's like, well, I can still see. But they they don't have to ever go that deep because they can just swim yeah. at whatever altitude they wish. And I also don't. I don't see Savathians making deep, dark cities. No. They're they're not, and not. It's not like shoreline, but. If you pop out of the top of a Savathian city, they're like, "Land's over there. We need it for stuff. There's yeah, stuff that's they, only they don't they don't live in under under underwater cities. They may have not like, anymore. Well, no, but they may have had underwater districts. But most of them, like because they are they are very much. Um, but I mean, they're they're, they're they're water creatures. They are of the ocean. They are they are amphibious. Thank they you. are not amphibians. They are amphibious creatures. Okay. They are adapted to both climes. So probably they're they're more more coastal than oceanic. Sure. Okay. Okay. These right? are good, these are good points. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in water light is affected, but I think it's, you can just describe whatever setting they're in if you guys are underwater as yeah. any level of these lights, right? So you'd be like, okay, well, if you stay near the shore in this crystal clear beach, everything is daylight. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you want to go check out that coral, shadows pile on real fast mm-hmm. when compared to anything above ground. Okay. All right. I like those. That was way easier than I was worried about because the concept is simpler in our system because we don't have weird exceptions to it. Yeah, hey Josh. Because if you everything did... is easier with me. <laughs> don't because, I know it? Because if you did, everything would get really granular really fast and just like, oh, wait a minute. Then technically, you know, uh, wouldn't the fucking badger people have like five percent better vision and dim lighting because <laughs> you know they are descendant of other you're mammals? Just, you're just like, describing D and D. Yeah, D and D dwarves. And, instead of that, let's think of. What is lost, right? The show? You're asking what is lost, and he's like, the show. Oh, no. I'm thinking what is lost at each level of this from your vision. And we should probably talk about that. Yeah. So, like, oh, daylight. Yeah, color, um, I mean, it gets hazy yeah. for a distance. We'll say well-lit. Uh, detail is hard to see. Detail scales away from Like, that. movement you could still see, but detail. Yeah, well, let's know. leave that alone. We'll sure. say dim. Reading is more difficult. Mm-hmm. And colors are less vibrant. Yes. Dark, no colors. Ten foot, no colors, no detail. And we'll say at dim, detail is only adjacent. Yeah, because if you just have, if you're carrying a candle, you know, into a cave. Yeah. Then. Uh... Well, we're saying dim, so so nobody has any artificial light, right? Right. Reading is difficult. Colors less vibrant, and detail can only be seen for adjacent objects. Sure, but in the dark, you've got to be closer than adjacent. You have to like, yeah, yeah. you have to be like kneeling over it or have it in your hand. Yeah, no colors. No, there's just no detail. If but, if it's dark and you you need a light. Oh, source. oh yeah, if it's dark, yeah, you need a light source like a candle or something. Pitch black, it's all gone. Yeah, 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 none of that. Not even your hand. Eshwin, your face. Eshwin can still get around. Navigate. They can navigate. And still they can be able to. They can help everyone else navigate yeah, too. That's sure. part of their ability. Actually, I want to go into that real quick. De- if we can. Definitely can't see colors though with that echo locating. No. But they'll know if you're about to, you know, step off a cliff or something. You know. Hopefully. Okay. Echo locate. How does that work? Because because I feel like in my head it's working a certain way that I'm I like, but I just want to make sure. Okay, you emit a supersonic cry, revealing the exact location of enemies who would otherwise be hidden. How about location of enemies and the shape and size of objects? Yeah. Does that make sense? And ter- terrain? Yeah, isn't, do you think that counts as an object? I think there would people who would argue that it isn't. Okay. Just say general terrain. And okay. Position, like, okay. 
They don't. They don't need. They or, wouldn't know exactly. They're like, there's a bush okay, there. Wait, 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 like, what's, what's the wording on 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 the power on the echolocation? You screech. You emit a supersonic cry, uh-huh. revealing the exact location of enemies who would otherwise be hidden. So let's say you emit a supersonic cry, revealing the exact location of enemies or of, or of hidden enemies. No, just they, or, or enemies. Period. They're just period. Okay. Yeah, of enemies, objects, and. Terrain, surrounding terrain, or just whatever. Just in, well, there's a specific area, cool, yeah, so, con- conical, or whatever. Okay, yeah, so sure. That would otherwise be hidden. Okay, now, but the effect we need to re- we need to do this a little bit better. It says all affected enemies uh, become visible to you and your allies until the start of your next turn. I would just say all affected you and allies know the location and shape of everything in the lo- affected area at the time of the ability until the start of your next turn. But would that work if you're in pitch black? Like yes. if, you're, if you're in pitch black, you're in a cave, Eshwin screeches, the guy in the back of the row is like, the, the back of the line bringing up the rear is like, oh, I know where the bad guys are. We'll say uh, all ally, you and allies within 30 feet of you. Because it's a small area that you're revealing with this. And and for some reason, in, this is a meta reason of magical screech. It imparts mm-hmm. the ability to everybody who's within earshot, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's magical. So I guess so. I mean, it's not re- it's not supposed to be magical, but it's supposed to be... But we don't want to have to have, every time it happens, have a mechanical conversation of having a person who might not be good at talking have to explain where things are. Yeah. <laughs> or their character, right? Their yeah. character who might not be good at talking. So we'll say everything in the affected area. How about the location, shape, and size of everything? I want to, I want to word it so that it's like a snapshot, right? So like you do the screech. And then everybody knows everything that's there for exactly that moment. <laughs> like a strobe. Yeah, like a strobe light. So we'll say the location, shape, and size of everything in the affected area becomes... Pinged? Visible to you and your allies. I don't like visible, I like aware. Because it's not visible. You and allies within 30 feet become aware of the exact locations at the time of the screech. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All creatures within 30 feet who can hear you become aware of the location, shape, and size of everything in the affected area as it is at the time of the screech. This effect does not persist. Done. Okay. And it's an at-will that takes a move action, targets an area of an adjacent cone five. Okay, good. I like it. Yep. Great. That will come up. Yes. All right. Good job, guys. I feel like that's uh, the racial stuff I wanted to get done with today. Moving on. Knowledge checks as a concept. Are you guys familiar with this? And I know, Liam, you're a little more familiar with this. And, and Doug, have you had to do this before in a game? I don't think so. Like, not somebody. You were just like, oh, do it. What do I know about blank? And you roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it it is, I think, a good, the best example for how this is mechanically useful outside of a role play scenario is rolling them in combat. Like, oh, you come up against a Blorg flak. And you're like, well, what's a Blorg flak? And it's like, well, wouldn't I know? Is this a native animal to this area? It's like, well, have you been in this area? The GM could tell you information, but you'd be like, well, you know what? I don't know if you would know this. Let's set the difficulty at 15, roll an intellect, yeah. and you roll it, and the GM could say, okay, based on that check, you know that it lives here, its diet is this, it typically bites its prey like this, it's got a special attack that does this, it typically has this many hit points, like how granular do you, know you want to get? You know it's involved in these old wives' tales. Yeah. You know the lore so, around it. They say you never eat food given to you by a flip-flop. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I meant Romney? Glorflex. That is a joke that is so untimely. I voted for Dukakis. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Oh my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a momentum back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, just fucking odd. Okay, so here's the thing: the way that knowledge checks work in other RPGs is that if you exceed, like, for every level above a certain level you get, you get right. more useful information. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense, right? And and I think actually that fits better in our system because of the professions and how we handle skill checks and stuff like that, but. It is very granular, isn't it? The yes. the different levels and knowing more, like they, you even like you roll and you'd say you can have this many pieces of useful information. You know, and like uh, if you if you rolled a, a massive success, is it just oh you have first hand experience of this? You you fought the Blick Blork before, and it's like now you're giving me backstory on something that I two seconds ago didn't even know existed out yeah. of character. Which, it's it's weird. Which well it. In my experience, it works out okay. Like, th- yeah, th- that portion isn't weird. The weird part is gatekeeping this weird steps of information. I don't want people to think too hard about it, but maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's just in the monster description, mm. like it is everywhere else. And you say, to know a Glarp Flack, you have to roll a 15 on an intellect check. And if you pass it, you know where they live, what they eat. And how they attack their prey. So is yeah. it is it really a question of not whether or not this person knows it, but rather the existence of the subject? Is it how common knowledge is it? No, it, it is more specific to the person rolling. But I'm saying to keep it kind of even keel, you know, like mm-hmm. for, for what we're talking about, is it simpler to say the blip blorps are, you know, they're, oh, they're common. Every village has an infection. Like They're like rats. So, no, yeah, you I, would know I, what no. it is. No, I, no, no. I see where you're going. Um, and the reason why it's not like that is because, let's say, there's the lore about an ancient dragon. Sure. And you came here. Nobody locally knows it because you found an ancient scroll. Sure. Or whatever. And you're like, what do I know about dragons? Oh, actually, because your profession is scholar and you studied at this place, you get this extra bonus. So you rolled that you know that they have a weakness to... Insults. Sure, but that, that information... They hate but, jambalaya. But that information on the weakness of a certain dragon is privileged information, so wouldn't that require a higher role yes. anyway? Yeah, but but it the higher role doesn't say that its weakness is more common knowledge. It's the knowledge you have. Right, the, but but I'm saying... I, I guess I'm not wording it properly, but like what I'm trying to say is that it's like you're not rolling on the chances of something being common knowledge, but rather like, instead of saying, I'm just not, I'm just not saying it right. But like the idea of like, does your character know it? 
you're the wizard, you would know about a weakness of a dragon. Right. And then Liam's playing, you know, a uh, fucking Poa that learned to talk, <laughs> rolls rolls a critical success, and suddenly you know the same, you know it, but he didn't, it, you know? Like, it, yeah, it, but it that's, came, that's how knowledge up. works. It came mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I mean, how did it come up? It I, ta- up yeah. I talked to a guy who knew it, and it was while I was learning how to talk. Someone left the a guy specifically who talked on me. an altar. Someone left a book about dragons. Yeah, and, and, and between using it as toilet paper and eating clean pages, I read something. So, so I, I, I do. I do just I think, want it to be less granular. Where like every point that you succeed by, I don't think needs to have its own tidbit. Um, right. Well, but we. But you could put something where like if you're five over, you get the special little juicy bit. I think you've brought up the in, indirectly. Both of you have brought up a fun role play opportunity, mm. where you'd be like, "Well, what do you know?" It well, I'm a deck hand, and in the years working there, I, I encountered an old man who had a big satchel of books he wouldn't let anybody touch. While he wasn't looking, I tripped him, and things spilled out of it, and I saw a book with a language of my homeland. And I asked him about it, and he was embarrassed, but he agreed to tell me. And in that, I learned about the dragons. Like we sure. we could we could do fun things like that, and that can be player stuff in the moment where it's just like, here's what you know. Why do you know that? That that can be, you know, what I'm saying like that's yeah. a, that's outside the role. That's and I mean literally the role of the dice. The, the dice don't determine no no that. I, but I'm saying we don't have a mechanic here. We right. don't even have a mechanic around knowledge checks. This is a fun opportunity to do something like this. Okay. Yes. Okay. So maybe. Uh, this is almost like a homebrew rule where it's like the better you role play and a reason why you should know something, mm-hmm. the more information I'll give to you. Whereas if you knock it out of the park and tell that amazing story of how you, you know, you accidentally tripped the, your, you know, your mentor and the book fell open and then he, he's secret, he pulled you aside and in hushed tones whispered to you the history of dragons. Mm-hmm. You go, that's a fucking great character moment. Here's what, you know, everything, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But if someone's like not as good of a role player and they're like, well, I don't know, maybe I like read it in a book sometime, you know, like the, if you're new sure. or whatever, you won't necessarily get as much information. Well, Doug, I love that you brought this up because we have a mechanic already built into the game to reward this kind of behavior. Yes. Sure. But, but I'm saying it's uh, a momentum moment. I don't think, I don't, I think the role should be where you get your knowledge from. Say it's a DC 15. You pass it, you get the 15 knowledge. But rather than every individual point, just stacks a five to a reasonable number. I guess what I'm hovering around is the question of how do you determine the difficulty on any of that? Like, how do you determine, like, when you roll the dice? Good question. So I think we start with the baseline, right? The most you could have as a starting character in any attribute is a four, right? So you get three from, from whatever you chose as your highest stat, plus a racial bonus would be a four. Okay. So that means that on average... You're probably going to, so 30 divided by 250. So on average, you're going to be rolling somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, mm-hmm. right? So that's an average difficulty um, if you have a maxed out stat. So let's say 11, 12. 12 sounds good. 12 is a good number, right? So we'll say difficulty 10 is common knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 15 is specialized knowledge. Or 15 is a... Uh, uh, We'll say uncommon. Yeah. Uncommon knowledge. Common, uncommon. Specialized. Specialized. Everything past that is... is Arcane, is secret, hidden... Secret knowledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tight. Proprietary. Right. So, so maybe it's important to us as the game designers to make names for these different levels, mm. but I don't think it's important for the GM because when we create a monster manual... We're just going to say if they score this, give them this. If they score yeah. this, give them that. Whereas, like, secret might be 
an easier role for some monsters than others, mm-hmm. right? So a guy who, let's say a fur trapper, right, knows the best way to catch muskrats in this area, sure, right? So that's going to be a tough role if you're going to have that guy or gal's knowledge. You're going to be, let's say it's a 20 difficulty, and you know the best way to catch muskrats. Uh, to know where the lich keeps their phylactery, or to make an educated guess, <laughs> right? <laughs> You'd astronomically higher, right, 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 because you, you can't you can't have just intuited that unless you're a savant. Well, if I was a lich, where would I put it? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it would be. It's always in the last place you look. <laughs> well, his name starts with J, and J is turns into that scene from Black Dynamite. Just yes. like just <laughs> start working down. Like, what does Little Richard say? <laughs> so let's make it increments of five. I think it should be specific for each creature, but let's say common knowledge is ten, universal knowledge is five. Yeah, you'd have to be a moron not to. You know, you know what? Don't roll for universal knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't you roll for universal knowledge. There, there should be universal. You give knowledge. someone a chance to fail. You know, then, like. then there should be something that's. There should be a roll though that allows for weird blind spots. So I, I do feel like there should be. <laughs> yeah. Roll so bad, you step outside. What the fuck is that in the sky? Those are clouds. You just didn't roll. Yeah, yeah, you no. didn't. yeah, you should be able to do that. But like, it, it, you should be able to like, oh, look at that brookie. And someone goes, what the fuck is that? Like, what? <laughs> never came up. Lived in the mountains. Never came up. If somebody sees a, a squirrel for the first time, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tiny brookie. I've, I've, like... I have been there for the first time someone saw a squirrel. And they're like, is that a rat? And I'm like... <laughs> No, but yeah, close. Kind of, yeah. No, the but rat, close. Look at it, go with the tree, guys. <laughs> it's so fast. It jumped. Yeah. Okay. So, how about this though? Because because we we talked, we mentioned a role play opportunity, right? Uh huh. I like this idea. If somebody's like GMs, ask for knowledge checks all the time because mm-hmm. they'll be like, you know what? Uh, I don't know which of you would know this, but I feel like somebody might. Can everybody just give me a knowledge check? Yeah. Fuck that. How about who's got a good story of why they'd know this? And then I'm going to give you temporary momentum you can spend on the roll. I mean, I think that's great, but I don't think I don't every think GM is going to think of doing I also, that. I also don't think that's the way it's going about that. I think it's the the opposite is I want a knowledge roll. Everyone rolls. Say, okay, everyone who passed this knows this. Who rolled the best? Spin me the yarn. And if you like it, it's a good moment. It's a good moment that is put on a T for you to go plus one momentum. I, I don't know. I I feel the opposite for this reason. When you're sitting at the table and you're like, I don't, I, God, I'm at a loss as the GM for why anybody would have encountered this thing. But I feel like I, I just don't want to just tell you its abilities. Somebody give me a through line for why you should know this. And if somebody does, the, the idea of temporary momentum is like, that is a great reason. I'm going to give you three extra to spend on this role. It's, if you don't use it, it's gone. Just go, just go for it. And if they still don't get it, you're like, all right, wait, you, you, SOL. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just don't know it. And, it and, and and temporary momentum will never crit, will never be a critical I, failure. Yeah, I, I just te- te- I don't like temporary momentum as a concept already. I think I'm but, already uh, I'm ar- this, although I kind of just a flat bonus. Yeah, I think that's better. Okay, that's better. I, I think, but it it, beco- it becomes so specific to the situation because if it's like you come across a weird creature in the woods that you never, a hostile creature in the woods that you've never seen before, and it's big enough to do some damage, everyone's gonna say, "Do we know what this is?" And I feel like a GM should at least be able to say in their mind, "Okay, well." Is this a monster I made up for this campaign that's supposed to be a surprise? And of course they wouldn't know about it. But if this is like a really common thing that is a wood creature yeah. or whatever, you would just say, oh yeah, you you know what this is and you know it can do these three things. Uh, it, but the, the the idea of doing like a knowledge roll on something, 
about a secret, like the secret of dragons, you know, are our dragons returning to the world? Well, here's the, the signs of the ancient legends or whatever. I can see that being something that you would roll for, but for like the everyday kind of stuff, so, like I, I want to stress that this comes up a lot. Yeah. And, and, and also and, and it's something that it seems unintuitive, but it is something that players are like, I don't know what to do. I don't have any inspiration. I don't know what kind of tactic to use. Can I just make a knowledge check to have a little bit more information about this monster? And the GM is like, okay, sure. The difficulty will be this. And it also allows for stats and professions to be able to differentiate what knowledge people have individually without you having to specifically write down everything that you fucking know. Sure. I guess um, I guess so I just... Because, like, for instance, we're out in the woods. Yeah. We're going camping. One of us is an experienced hunter. There is a bear now amongst us. The hunter gets to go, hey, here's the four things we need to know <laughs> right now. Right, right. And one of them is, don't play dead. That's a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, rule number two, run slower than me. <laughs> should we? I think we should maybe have a note in the description of knowledge checks that it's up to the GM's discretion that if there is a relevant profession that mm -hmm. would have, that this would be a trade knowledge that the GM can just give that player, yeah. that character, that information. Because I've, I've never run a D&D &D game, so I don't. Sure. these type of questions don't come up that often, but my initial instinct is to just really try and look at the characters that are at the table and pick the one who might be best responsible or the, they're not responsible but like who who's the most likely person to know this and i've even engaged like we play games before, sure sure where i'd be like well who would i mean like you know if you have occult knowledge and you're trying to figure out what's the ancient curse yeah. of something i'd be like well josh has this occult knowledge so josh give me an occult role you roll an occult role and depending on how well you roll that i'd be like oh yeah you actually read this before you did yeah. whatever but you're describing a system that's much more loose ephemeral <laughs> right sure, sure. in terms of what you are giving people information for yeah here's the thing we can say the gm can do whatever they want mm. what we want want to give them is a tool they can turn to mm. when a player asks them a question like this sure especially if you're if it's unexpected or you weren't prepared and i think the idea of of making it explicit that people with the relevant profession can get a lot of really good knowledge is that let's say your profession was in a non-fantasy setting fbi agent mm. right and you encounter harvey stonebound people oh, oh, the, the bank robber well people are like who the fuck is that and the GM is like, you know, you're really lucky <laughs> that one of the characters here is an FBI agent mm. because he absolutely knows everything about this guy. Yeah. They've been tracking him for 10 years. and He's read his dossier. Right. Whereas, whereas everybody else at the table would be like, you may have heard the name. Give me a roll. And then you give a roll. It's like, okay, yeah, you know he's actually on the most wanted uh, for robbery. You don't know anything else. It's like, you you know former contacts. You know, you know like the, the, the GM could just pour information into somebody with a relevant profession. But outside of that specific instance, they need a framework just to, just to give them an idea of how it works. And maybe there should also be, due to professions, something that can be called universal knowledge. Like... If if your profession is if a thief, if you know. your profession is sailor, yeah. and then there's a question about a boat that you have to fucking know to be a sailor, they're like, you know this, yes, you know how sails, just, just like the FBI, you thing. know, yeah, you yeah. know how sails, work. you know how to tie this knots, is how sails work. Yeah, if you're a jeweler and somebody's like, what gem is this? Well, you need to make a roll. It's like I'm a jeweler. <laughs> if, if I didn't it's, know it's it, a, it's a ruby. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't know what this was, I wouldn't be a jeweler. Yeah. yeah. It's Alexandrite. It looks crazy. I like that. We'll just say you may make a knowledge roll using your intellect and a relevant profession to discover information about anything in the setting. Um, and this can start with basic general knowledge all the way up to secrets about this particular 
object or creature. The higher the roll, the more likely you will be to find out something that if there is hidden knowledge, you're more likely to know it. Because not everything has hidden knowledge. Yeah. It's it's just a fucking can opener. <laughs> and do you think this is just a can. really big bear? You oh, you know what company yeah. made this can opener? You know it is exact. <laughs> it was this. It's this model, which means it was produced between this this year and this year. That's it. There's no hidden knowledge about this can opener. Do you think if a person rolls bad enough, there's a possibility that they have wrong information? No. Because that because I I was gonna say that that makes it trickier when someone like you, people just metagame. They're like, oh, it's like you know. This dragon, in reality, according to the manual, its weakness is the belly, but they rolled so bad, you'd be like, oh, its weakness is its armor on its back. That's what you think its weakness is. You know? Here's the reason why, uh, no, because they know they rolled bad. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> so, what I'm saying. It's like, and it, also, it's self-defeating. And also, we've rolled play with uh, Max. You don't need to roll to have bad information. Sure. It, it's just out there. You know, sure. you know a lot of bad information shows up? Same way it does in a game. Same way any information shows up. Yeah, because if I say, I'm not giving you any information, you didn't roll well enough, they're going to start making assumptions anyway. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. It could sure. be bad information. Yeah, we don't need to artificially make more bad information. That's why every time someone's like, I want to detect and see if they're lying, and they roll really bad, and it's just like, ah, they seem to be honest. It's like, fuck, what? I, well, no, you don't. You know, no, you here, say, you can't tell. Yeah, that, that's, that, that drives me crazy. You believe them. It's, yeah. like, it's like, no, no, no. It's you have no reason to suspect that they're not being honest. But the player already did. That's why they're doing the roll in the first place. Right. I'm, I'm trying to see if they're honest. And it's like you you roll. It's like you don't see anything out of the ordinary. You don't notice anything. That's what it's it's like to notice. Sure. But when reasons. you but when you roll bad and you hear that, even if it's the truth, it's it they're going to automatically. You well, know, I, like, I think you that's tr- why you have try, to be careful about yeah, your language. You try and yeah. word it in a way which, oh, you got nothing. You got nothing yeah. out of this. And like you can't tell if they're lying or telling that like. They said something to you, and you have exactly the same information that you went in with. Yeah. You don't get wrong information. It's just, are they lying? It's like, you haven't seen any reason to yeah. suggest. That's yeah. suspicious. And then when yeah. they go, I know they're fucking lying. That's where the misinformation comes in. Yeah. That <laughs> assumption is most is is probably where things are going to go awry. I like that. I think, I think there's a way to word that in a way that will help people deal with the mechanics of it because that's and, the and i do it maybe not explicitly in it but maybe have there be a a, a caveat and add on a bolt-on thing of allow players to tell the story of how they know this information and allow for uh you know a flat three bonus yeah this is on successes this doesn't have, to, have be to be i, I don't want roll. them to tell a story if they're going to fail i want them to have already succeeded and then you, they get bonus stuff for telling a good story. I do not want someone to go, and anyway, here's my three-minute shaggy dog story of how I got this information. Oh, no. Wait, I, I don't know anything. How about, how about this? If you want to spend momentum on a, on a knowledge check. I need the story. You must give yeah. me a story first. I like that. Sure, because now it's a game again. <laughs> <laughs> not just one dice roll. It's like you're combining the dice roll with roll play. I, I really want to know this. Yeah. Two momentum. Okay, a pretty short one today, but I think uh, I think that was good. I like I like where we're going with this. This gives us a lot to work with. That's what we're going to call it today. I want to thank Liam and Doug for joining me today, and thank you everybody for listening. If you have comments or suggestions, our Patreon is patreon.com slash RPGFest. You can comment on every episode and every post we make. Our $2 and up patrons, however, can find us on the Omniverse Discord and communicate with us in real time. And on Twitter, we are at homebrewombres. And we're on facebook.com slash RPGFS. And until next time, everyone, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.